0: Greetings, little one. Are you a good witch or a bad witch? Bad witch! I'm not a witch, I'm your wife! What makes you think she is a witch? Well, she turned me into a newt. A newt? Wouldst thou like to live deliciously? Not better. Dost thou comprehend? Welcome to Real Magic a podcast at the crossroads of real witchcraft and Hollywood magic, where paganism and the supernatural meet their reflections in movies and television, and where we talk about what real magical or life lessons we can learn from fictional witches from 100 years of moving pictures. I'll you my pretty, and your little dog, too. <laughs> Hi there, witches and weirdos. Welcome to another episode of the Real Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Mason, and I'm happy to have you join us for another discussion of magic, media, and in this case, Pride. Yes, it is Pride Month, so in honor of that, we had to finally talk about the most iconic queer witch in pop culture history so far. Willow from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and also all the other queer characters on that show, though there were only a few. Willow is a character that I certainly can see myself in, given that I'm a giant nerd, I'm a redhead by choice, and I'm also a very gay witch. She's iconic, but she's also complicated, as is the legacy of Buffy when it comes to both witchcraft and queer representation. So for this discussion, we needed a guest who knows queer culture, the internet, and magic. And that's Amanda Brennan, a dear friend of mine, and she's also the meme librarian, Amanda identifies as a witch and has worked for Tumblr, for Know Your Meme, and is just an amazing person in general. She brought her A-game for this discussion, and I can't wait for you to listen to it. So settle in and enjoy our conversation with Amanda Brennan about Buffy, Willow, and all things Pride.
1: I was happy you called. We'll start out slow. Slow doing what? Oh,
0: we're gonna float the rose, then use the magics to pluck the petals off, one at a time. It's a test of synchronicity. Our minds have to be perfectly attuned to work as a single delicate implement. Cool. (laughs) And it should be very pretty. All right. Well, Amanda Brennan, welcome to the Real Magic Podcast. Thank you for taking the time to hang out today. Thank so you so much see, for having me. Well, see you. You know, our listeners can't see you, but I can see you and you look lovely. Oh, to you. It's so oh, nice to just be here in the space with you. Yes. So one of the things I really like to ask my guests is what was for you like your first witchy media that kind of made you into the witchy person you are today because like I think we all had like that first character or show that's like ah yes this is my character this is who I want to be for me it was the Wicked Witch of the West and Maleficent oh which says yes. a lot about me as a human being but <laughs> gosh yeah.
1: I think for me it was Willow from Buffy as traitors does yeah, exactly. because I know that's what we're talking about <laughs> um but I also vividly remember buying this book called Teen Witch. Oh,
0: a classic. Silver Rating Wolf, a classic. I think I probably still have it on my shelf somewhere.
1: Oh my gosh. I've been searching for my copy, but like, I read that book inside and out. Like that book was like, oh, this is, it it just resonated so strongly with me. Um, And then I was just like, uh, maybe this isn't for me. And I put it away and got into pop punk instead. (laughs) um came back to it and now like I just wish I had that book
0: oh, uh, it's still I mean I know you can still get it Silver Ravenwolf <laughs> is one of those authors that like especially for um I mean you and me I think you're a bit younger than me but not much like coming up I'm an in the 80s 90s, child I, mean, yeah. I was born in 83 <laughs> and so like Silver Ravenwolf and Scott Cunningham were like the two authors in the 90s like the whole metaphysical pagan section at borders Yeah, like oh, all of them yes. and i would go and hang out and like i would look at teen witch for like weeks before i finally bought it but i definitely had that one oh that's and so magical yeah i love that name silver raven wolf it's like you can't like do better than like with witchy names and no <laughs> willow is a pretty good witchy name definitely so today we're talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer and you also you know for our readers or readers listeners whatever people may be reading this as a transcript so it could yeah. be readers <laughs> we're getting transcripts done soon so for people who want to know like your, you we have your you know beginnings of your witchy background but what is your pop culture background, so people understand? Like, what you you know, your old job was pretty deep in the pop culture trenches. Let's <laughs> say that you were the meme librarian.
1: Yeah, well, I'm still the meme librarian, no matter right. where I go. You take that
0: with the, with you. That is your.
1: Yeah. Um, but I've started my career at Know Your Meme, w- working on the history of memes and communities online. And then I spent seven years at Tumblr, where I built Fandometrics, my sweet, sweet child. Um, so I've been doing internet pop culture for almost a decade at this point. I think it'll be a decade this summer. Oh my gosh. So it feels like no time at all and yet 8 million years long.
0: <laughs> And, you know, it's almost been 10 years since, you know, the Avengers came out and when Tumblr just sort of exploded with all that. And I love how data-driven your stuff is and how it's not just like, oh, this is popular. Like, no, here's where this meme started and here's how many people are into it and why and how things intersect. So your work is just really cool.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, now I'm um, the senior director of trends at a social agency called XX Artists, and it's fun to get back into the entire internet again. Like mm-hmm. when I was at Tumblr, it was just just Tumblr, and now like I get to look at every platform and see the internet as a larger community again. It's really lovely.
0: It's funny, kind of, you know, coming out of my cave, as those could say, like I'm, you know there's so much of this like new internet that i'm still like i'm like i don't understand tiktok i like the vi- <laughs> i like the tiktok videos i see on twitter but i don't understand like how to make mm-hmm. a tiktok or how to consume tiktok and you know all these new things and i've never got reddit but
1: <laughs> yeah tiktok is intense and i mean that's a different podcast where we talk about tiktok yeah. but um i love seeing to keep it like on topic the witch community and all of these places oh my cat has now joined us your black
0: cat <laughs> how like how witchy hi kitty yes, there's many sucks. cats on the podcast
1: oh i'm sure <laughs> um but seeing the witch community on tiktok has been really fascinating and yeah. comparing it to like other platforms it's it's so interesting how communities find each other and find their homes in these places
0: yeah I, I can't wait to read a book about it like two years from now when it all makes oh, yeah. more sense and we can have a better perspective on it definitely but so today we're talking about willow for buffy and also tara because you can't talk about willow without tara. yeah and so buffy is such an interesting i mean it's so important in pop culture um And we're still re-examining and looking at Buffy in different ways every day, especially in the light of everything going on with Joss Whedon. But like the second or third episode of Buffy is called like The Witch. And so witches were introduced in Buffy pretty early on. That episode is also not a good episode at all. No. (laughs) like (laughs) It's really season one of Buffy is not terribly good. (laughs) That's okay. It's like, it's fine. Like you need the ramp up. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's yeah, season episode of season one of Buffy is they they're finding their feet, which is because they're yeah. basically we're inventing a new kind of genre television with Buffy. And um, so I hope you're fair. enjoying this cat. I really ASMR. love the cat just like in your face. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Kitty. Please, please keep the purring in if you can <laughs> I can't hear the purring, but yeah. Oh okay. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it's very soothing.
1: Purring directly into the mic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it
1: anyway sorry
0: back on topic Um, but yeah kind of putting you know willow in context like we got the craft in like 1996 Mm -hmm. and there's the purring (laughs) do you want to be on this podcast socks are you a witch (laughs) I mean I think all cats are inherently witches I agree and that's that's another topic it's another podcast we can have yeah my my pet is a corgi and he's passed out in the living room and he's a fairy because all because corgis were of course the steeds of welsh fairy warriors so yes he's um part of the the other crowd but so we got buffy in like 97 Mm -hmm. after the craft and so like witches were like on the brain and charmed kind of came in there later and it wasn't until like season three that willow actually kind of well i guess season two when willow kind of took over um, getting Angel's soul back that Willow yeah. got into magic, and it was a very interesting synergy with like the rising interest in witchcraft and Wicca in the '90s, and mm-hmm. with them able to be like, oh, we can have our character do this in a heightened way. It's like, what now? Did you watch Buffy live when it was airing, or did you watch it in reruns? Like, how did you discover I did. Buffy?
1: i watched it live i wasn't like obsessive about it but um i ended I, by the end of it i was watching it like as it was airing and one of my favorite pieces as you were kind of talking through willow's introduction is willow is also so entrenched with the internet yeah. and in the episode um i forget the episode title but where she uses the word google for the first time oh. um, to search for something online and like to me when I think of how I exist as a witch it's I call myself like a tech witch and I think there's something so intrinsic about the internet and magic that like wasn't really like the seeds are being planted in that early Buffy stage and now like just going back to like witch talk and witch blur like it's the way that like Buffy kind of laid this groundwork without even knowing it. It's really cool.
0: Yeah, like because Jenny Calendar is the character we meet in season two. She calls herself, I think, a techno pagan or a techno. Yeah, yeah. And then um, she gets brutally murdered by Angelus, as you do. Rip. Yeah. Um, and then then the key to saving his soul, like witches on the internet, decode this old gypsy thing, and it's on a yes. floppy disk. Remember those? Oh gosh, <laughs> kids, what, it's those what a memory. Things. Those things that, you know, the save icon, those used to be real things that (laughs) you could lose and spill coffee on. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so, yeah, very much Willow was like a hacker, but also as a witch. And those things are both becoming bigger and bigger in the mindset of like the late nineties into the two thousands. When you think of like the change in culture that Buffy oversaw over it's just a seven-year run but like yeah from when it began to when it ended the internet was born yeah and you know it was one of the first shows to have like a cult internet fandom because that was one of the first shows where the internet was there yeah and i believe there were like message boards and joss would hang out on the message yeah. board like it was you know, before twitter like oh. Yeah. So, yeah, that was such an interesting part of um, Willow's identity because it was sort of, you know, uh, nonconformist. She was always different. Mm -hmm. She was nerdy. She was on the internet. And then she kind of became witchy. And that all kind of fed into her identity as queer. It all sort of fit in. And so there's always a, (laughs) I love the purring, there's always sort of a confluence between her queerness and her witchiness. Yeah. Like, You, she was a witch long before she came out on the show, but that always sort of she was always different. Let's say, yeah,
1: it's the othering. And I think, um, do you listen to Buffering the Vampire Slayer that podcast?
0: I've not listened to it yet because I know like it's you know a whole journey, and I'm hoping to start a a Buffy rewatch soon. And I've you know, in a month when I'm finished watching Supernatural, (laughs) I might go back to Buffy,
1: yeah. But I've heard. Uh,
0: it's a very good podcast. So shout out! It's so
1: good, and they talk a lot about like how these kind of magical tropes are a way of standing in for you know otherness in your everyday life. And um, there's the scene where Tara and Willow hold hands and move a vending machine. Oh yeah, very sexy. Like a, yeah, symbolism for lesbian sex, and yeah. it's it's something that I never. I never thought of when I was younger. And then, like, thinking about it now, rewatching it, like, with my adult eyes and, like, all of the things that I have gone through to get here, I wonder what it's like for someone who's, like, 10 years younger going back and watching that show. And I think about that a lot. Like,
0: why aren't they kissing? Because you couldn't yeah show Buffy and all or the Buffy and Tara kissing that'd be weird (laughs) I mean you I ship it like I think that she would have been a better partner for Tara probably yeah (laughs) (laughs) um you couldn't show Willow and Tara kissing at all and so it was all subtext and like the thing with the genre right then And just television in general in the late 90s, like you were starting to see lesbian characters. You're starting to see some lesbian kisses, but it was very oftentimes like a rating stunt to show a lesbian kiss. I was looking at an article on Autostraddle about, you know, the first lesbian kisses and most of them didn't involve actual lesbian or bisexual or queer characters. It was just, what if Ally McBeal and her secretary kiss? It'll be so fun. (laughs) And, you know, one of the first kind of sincere ones was on DS9, but that was like oh but that's an alternate universe yeah <laughs> or it's and it's not these characters aren't queer and so you could now when willow became a queer character they're like okay she can be gay yeah but we actually can't show anything like really gay we're gonna have the witchcraft stand in for queerness and season mm-hmm. at least in season four it was like oh yeah joining the wicca group and meeting tara and then you know in the hush which is one of the oh. best episodes of Buffy
1: of TV I, mean,
0: I have my <laughs> problems with Buffy and Joss Whedon but that is one of the best episodes of television and yeah that and then the body is a season later where they are finally allowed to kiss and it's a it's, yeah it's a beautiful kiss because it's like this moment of profound grief that they're yeah. showing and that's how they kind of get it in there but yeah they weren't allowed to kiss in season four and so they were like together, and they couldn't even like say the word like lesbian. I don't even know if they say the word lesbian until like season seven. Yeah, I
1: don't, I don't remember. But then you also put that in the context of once more a feeling, <laughs> <laughs> and like the growth.
0: Oh the- God, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You have like these three episodes that are kind of like the gimmicky episodes where yeah. hush no dialogue lots of music
1: yeah the body
0: which has no music which is a really interesting choice yeah. in the body um and then you have once more with feeling that's all music, all music. <laughs> and so it's like you have magic as a metaphor for sex and hush and then an actual kiss in the body and then once more with feeling like willow's head goes out of frame and suddenly tears. <laughs> levitating levitating and um saying you make me complete yeah (laughs) they got away with a lot in that episode
1: and that's that's kind of also the beauty of genre it's like once you put something into this and I think I would consider once more a feeling pretty pretty campy oh yeah I think you're allowed to push these boundaries even with like the level of witchiness of willow and tara in that episode like mm-hmm. their outfits like oh, it's yeah, rin fair outfits like oh, i love um, it just like one of those things that have that click when you're little and you're like oh i don't know if i want to wear that or like see it on my floor <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and it's just like one of those things where they were allowed to push these boundaries because it was so fantastical,
0: mm-hmm. and I
1: think that's also why Buffy in general was such a forward-thinking show, and like did have this opportunity to have Willow be as queer as she was. Granted, like there, it's it's a complicated thing, yeah. but because it's genre, and like they were able yeah. to do a little bit more. Well,
0: like in Buffy and and. Also, the X Files, like they mm. were really transformational shows for the 90s because they allowed, they showed that genre could tell these giant stories or these very yeah. personal stories because using genre as a metaphor. Mm-hmm. The whole idea of Buffy is like, you know, high school is hell. What if that was literal? And yeah. we could tell stories about you feel invisible in high school. Somebody actually becomes invisible and these fantastical stories that mirror the emotional arcs of the Mm -hmm. character so that's where you can have like magic as lesbian awakening and like that's always been true like as I've gone through this podcast you know most of the movies about women as witches it's not really about you know actual witchcraft it's about Mm -hmm. witchcraft is a metaphor for power or it's a metaphor for it's usually power in some dynamics or it's women's sexuality and a woman is a witch and she's dangerous because she is empowered Mm. And not so much because she could turn you into a toad, but because she doesn't listen to the patriarchy telling her what to do. Yeah. Uh, have you read Waking the Witch um, by Pam Grossman? No, I haven't read that one. It's on my list.
1: Oh, yeah. It is incredible. And the way she frames that story of like witchcraft in our popular culture is so entwined with female power and that's why it's so maligned because a woman having her power and owning it is just so disruptive to patriarchal ideas.
0: Yeah. It's the scariest thing possible as a woman yeah. saying, oh, I don't need the patriarchy. I don't need heteronormativity. I, mm-hmm. can have, I have power on my own. And so that has to be squashed. And I mean, like that's yeah. really why like the witch trials happened is because people didn't like women or other marginalized communities even the specter Mm -hmm. of them having power yeah there's a reason a lot of the witch trials really happened during the reformation they weren't medieval they were renaissance and reformation things because the church and other institutions were losing power and so they had to Mm -hmm. reassert it in some other ways by killing lots of people as they do yeah and so you know witchcraft and magic is a really variable metaphor and shows Mm -hmm. like Buffy. And so like you have witchcraft as for Willow, like in season three, becoming a witch is for her, a a way to her, for her to find her own power within like the Scooby gang, when she's feeling threatened by faith or like her life is spiraling out of control because of she's cheating on her boyfriend with Xander. Yeah, (laughs) Like good thing you figured out you were gay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because, you yeah, like, we were definitely ranking Willows, like, people, like, Tara, great, wonderful, Oz, great, wonderful, and then, like, Kennedy, <laughs> <But> then Xander. <laughs> the worst. Oh. Oh, the
1: yeah, chance. Willow and Oz, I think, were one of my first ships. Yeah, and, like, and so,
0: like, you had such a yeah. great ship there, and I, but he was a person who also just sort of saw Willow. Yeah. And That was really kind of really the sweetest part of that is he really saw and loved her for just her and wasn't asking her to be anything yeah. else and so like he's just i think he the, their relationship was really like nice and healthy so you couldn't have that on tv because who wants to watch the actual myself nice exactly relationship? Were, it was
1: too good for this world um that's again like one of those awakening moments like oh i think i'm bisexual i love them both i want to be in that relationship
0: <laughs> exactly it's like oh watching the show it's like it is a bisexual catnip because you've got like oh, lots yeah. of hot people but like for me like i think buffy's one of the reasons i didn't realize how gay i was for so long cuz i'm like i'm just so attracted to james marsters as spike <laughs> just yeah you know and That's there's a all word. sorts of complicated stuff to unpack there but i'm like oh yes another garbage man yeah. love him love him he, um the wlws love a garbage man <laughs> like seriously but you know but even with spike like you know to kind of we're sort of drifting away from from willow but the human vampire relationships are also inherently queer because they're inherently oh, yeah. like subversive and inhuman and vampires are all have also always been a metaphor for queerness and so there's definitely something queer about spike and maybe yeah. less so about buffy and angel cuz that's just so yeah hetero but i think but I was bu- to tie
1: it all back together yeah. let's talk about vamp willow.
0: Like- yeah, she was the first <sighs> character like she was the first indications that willow wasn't straight. Yeah. Yeah. And like such an iconic moment of like that power
1: that we were just talking about in witchcraft mm-hmm. coming to light in such a different way than what Willow was at the time.
0: It's extraordinary.
1: It's horrible. That's me as a vampire.
0: I'm so evil and skanky. And I think I'm kind of gay.
1: Willow, just remember a vampire's personality has nothing to do with the person it was.
0: Well, actually,
1: Willow had her power at that moment, and it was like she hadn't tapped into it. She was like very timid, but Vamp Willow was that manifestation of like what she was capable of, which I really loved. And I think, again, is like the power that we eventually see with Dark Willow. We can talk about the whole series, right? Oh, like, yeah. No spoilers oh, yeah. There's, yeah.
0: No spoilers. It's like we, we finished it like, what, 18 years ago or yeah. you know, 17 <laughs> years ago. It, yeah. Spoiler is funny. Yeah. Willow <laughs> goes dark, guys. It's bad. Oh, oh spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. But like
1: Vamp Willow is not even like, I think she's like in the middle of that kind of power because there's also the, the intent of that power is very different than like the Dark Willow intent of like... I hate everything, I'm going to destroy it all, where Vamp Willow is like, I'm going to just, like, fuck the world.
0: Yeah, because Dark Willow comes from a place of a lot of yeah, pain and caring, and I think, you know, on Buffy, when you become a vampire, it sort of makes you, you know, just more who you already are. Yeah. And yeah. you just don't have the intrinsic way of caring about people, but vampires still can care, mm-hmm. like, as we see with Spike, and he just doesn't feel like... Guilt or have a conscience until he gets his soul back. But yeah, it's like Dark Willow, it comes from a place of just like such deep pain. Because mm-hmm. again, you know, the way they handle queerness is done different ways throughout the series. Like, you know, season yeah. four, it stands in for lesbian love. I don't really think they're. And then I think, I guess, starting in season five and then in deep into season six, like magic stands in for drug addiction and the need for power which kind of goes back to what we talked about in season three but like I was not a fan of the season six magic is drug addiction. Yeah
1: and I think there's thinking about it now with like my 2021 lenses it's it goes back to people not understanding the the like vibe of the community and it is like they begin to you know, approach magic with like these interesting interested gloves of like yeah let's let's tap into this let's make this look fun and then they realize like oh no it's still not a it's still kind of maligned in our culture yeah. so what can we make this align with that's that's not going to make us look like we're sugarcoating something it, it still had to be scary yeah
0: that season six is such a curious
1: season yeah.
0: of television um because, and like and this is a problem for Buffy in general where it's, you know, ostensibly a show about like, oh, these women are so powerful and, you Oof. know, Willow's powerful and Buffy's powerful and Anya's powerful and Cordelia's powerful. But it's like, how can we break them down and yeah. show that like power is, you know, al- you know, is alienating and corrupting and I don't think we see that problem as much with the male characters. They aren't necessarily as empowered but you never see like giles getting corrupted by being too yeah large like Angelus is sort of you know it's the asshole yeah um he's like saying like men are always terrible (laughs) yeah yeah and so like the the way they handle you know it kind of goes back to like those medieval renaissance ideas about a witch like she can't we can't let this woman get too powerful or else she's gonna Mm -hmm. break the world and they, you know, to be fair, they kind of fixed that in season seven, but yeah. season seven is also kind of crappy. So I forget that it exists once in a while.
1: Yeah. It's like one of those things where it's like, oh, let's, let's fix all of our mistakes
0: and like give it a little bow. Yeah. Like you, you broke the world, but now you get to like make everyone a slayer. And I do like that. They kind of, she becomes like yeah. a goddess in the end. And, but the way, but the, the, the underworld she has to journey through is pretty, pretty dark oh, yeah. and. It establishes some pretty shitty television tropes that we're still dealing with so like you know yep. you know this was one of the first instances of the kill your gaze trope with mm-hmm. tara and that's we're still dealing with this bullshit <laughs> i mean the um
1: in the hundred when lexa was killed it was literally almost a shot for shot of that scene yeah i had to i remember when it happened because I I was very into The Hundred. Like mm-hmm. that show had a lot of feelings for me. And I watched it and I'm like this is Buffy. And I went back and watched the Buffy episode after and and the parallels were just so eerie. Like both of them are shows where your main weapon is not a gun. Like why are you bringing a gun to a stake fight? Yeah. And it's just so dissonant and it felt so extra in both of those situations and it's like it feels like cruelty for cruelty's sake almost.
0: Yeah. And like in so much of season six was like making points about like raping men and male violence <laughs> and male entitlement yeah. and to like tell those stories that necessitates like showing the consequences of male entitlement. But it's it's so hard because like, okay, well, then you have to make a character that is a very unique character that represents a marginalized community, like suffer. Yeah. And like it's such a hard balancing act for storytellers because you want to like tell complicated stories that go to dark places but when you look at things in a larger context it's like okay well how come these stories always get told you know washed in the blood of queer women you know Again, like going back to supernatural my you know my special place. <laughs> I just rewatched recently the episode where they killed Charlie, which happened like oh. just weeks before the Lexa thing. Yeah, and so and like from a storytelling point of view, what they're trying to do with like that moment in the season, like I understand where they want it to go and why they made that storytelling decision, yeah. but it's still like in a vacuum, it works okay. It's still kind of, meh. but like in the larger cultural context, like okay, it's another yeah, dead. like like this was. 2015, this is, you know, um, gosh, like more than 10 years after Tara died. Yeah. And you guys hadn't learned anything since then. It's only gotten worse. But
1: there are some men who are really. like, man, I know how to tell a story. It's not going to be like anything else. And it's just the same thing <laughs> in a different shade of gray. So, oh, boy, guys.
0: Just yeah. And and again, you know, in that, in that season, it was like, okay, well, Willow's magic is this thing that making it, keeping her from processing her grief and mm-hmm. keeping her, you know, it's her power makes her even more dangerous when she's grieving. It's like, well, okay, what are you saying about women with power there? Yeah. And whether or not you think it's like, okay, for women to have power because you're showing that like, okay, a man who hates powerful women just killed someone or tried to kill Buffy accidentally kills Tara and then the consequences of another more powerful woman goes yep, you know hysterical I mean it's, it's hysteria yeah and so I don't know season six <laughs> yeah
1: but to think about it like again from this 2021 mm-hmm. perspective and thinking about the Communal grief we've all gone through in the pandemic. Yeah. What did m- so many people turn to? Like, I feel like magic and witches had a huge, huge surge. Like cottage core as an ideal made it to Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> like seeing people reclaim their power in relation to not the magic that we are shown in season six, but a magic that has like brought people back to their physical bodies in a world where the internet. Was ruling our entire Mm -hmm. lives, our social lives, our work lives, our school lives, like everything was so computer mediated to turn to something that was more like grounding. I think a lot of people started to see magic in a different light.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, it magic is, you know, in a simplified form, it is claiming your power. Yeah. It is saying you have the power to change your world in some way or shape. And that is so important to so many people right now in a time, you know, in a world where we have all lost, yes. we feel yeah. like we've lost our power. And, you know, for Willow in the context, she felt like she had no power. And so that's, she found that magic. And that is very much, yeah. you know, a, a resonant story for many actual magical practitioners It wasn't a very accurate portrayal of Wicca Wicca or magic, but it was, you know, a portrayal of, like, why people turn to it.
1: And it's Uh, something that, like, resonates for me as mm -hmm. a magic practitioner. Like, I am not in a formal kind of, like, I'm not Wiccan or Pagan. I more just, like, consider myself spiritual. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think my connection with it as I got more and more involved in a tech job in this kind of virtual space. I needed something that pulled me back to my body, my physicality, and I was first really drawn into just to crystals just cuz I like shiny
0: things. I'm yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, I've got like a mini right here by my desk. So yeah, I've got like Saget. a
1: full altar on my desk. Oh, I love um, it. Just one of many in our house and I I started collecting crystals and then I got really into tarot. And I think something that really drew me to studying tarot in the context of how I understand the internet is thinking about the archetypes of it all. And when you think about like the way meme culture has evolved over the past 10 years, it's just a different set of archetypes that get restructured and relooked at and a younger generation comes in and brings their spin. Like if, think of advice animals.
0: <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I like the idea with divination that like anything can be divination and you can get yeah. synchronicities and messages from the universe or the gods or whatever you want to call it. It can come mm-hmm. like when you see the same meme over and over again, it's like, yeah. okay, maybe somebody's trying to tell me something, but you know, tarot, I love because it's so self-empowering because it's yeah. not so much looking like telling you the future. It's telling you your present and what you're thinking yes. right now. And that's the cards are just a mirror. Yeah. And I have like eight tarot decks already, I think, and I'll probably get more, Yeah. but and different ones kind of go with different vibes and they sort of let you look at yourself. Yeah. And that's another way of empowerment and tapping into your personal power and you know, to go back to Willow, like season six is shitty, but season seven's interesting because her plotline that is that you can't ignore your power. Like, yeah. Season seven is like, you have this power. How are you going to use it responsibly? Yeah. And how are you going to like, you know, accept your power? And so I like that element of season seven a lot.
1: Yeah, me too. And it's something I think about, like, even in my career and I I've been doing a lot of like mentorship over the pandemic and teaching people like find find your superpower and like they might not think it's magic but like if they um if they're really good at this one thing or they have this skill like okay let's talk about that skill how can you turn that into something you can harness and like make it fill your life in different ways and it's it's the magic protocols that I follow in my own brain like thinking about those as archetypes taking them off and being like okay like how do I put this in a career setting like yeah I, that that's been the most fundamental thing that I've learned from my own magic practices is like
0: <laughs> are, you, are you familiar with Adam JK no oh. is, it a, is it a band no it's no it's he's, band a, and I don't he's know, an artist yeah. <laughs>
1: um, he's an artist, but he makes like super simple art and, um, but it's very like word-based and motion-based, but he released, uh, this book called things are what you make of them. And like, to me, that is one of the most magical phrases. Like it's, it's, you have this power and it's up to you how you harness it and what you do with it. But like, sometimes if you're writing, it's just a
0: piece of paper and, it's what you put into it. That's the magic. Yeah. So much of like my own magical practices, you know, it's not necessarily, I need this herb or yeah. this, you know, I need to do this ritual. It's like, what do I have? What calls to me at this moment? You know, I grow a lot of herbs in my garden, but I also yeah. do a lot of like wildcrafting. where I, there's a pond near me and I'll just go down to the pond and be like, well, what do I, what's here? that resonates with what I'm looking for now. Like, what do you have and how can you use it? And, you know, I want to do an abundance spell and Hey, look, all these horsetails are growing in like incredible abundance near this pond. And so they're abundant and they have ferns and ferns grow in dark places and on rocks. So they're about endurance and growing in darkness. So like, that's something that will go into the spell or, you know, and, or look, there's a rock that's a nice rock (laughs) yeah I found like a feather and so much of it like a lot of the idea of like intention kind of gets diluted Mm -hmm. but that's sort of what I take when you know people say magic is about intention it's about what you find what's within you and what you find that resonates for you yeah Yeah.
1: that is such a beautiful way to say like all the things that are in my brain oh thank you (laughs) yeah like I I went to a beach in LA recently um, when I was traveling and I just like found this rock and I was like, yes, this rock is like, the magic of this day is going to sit in this rock. And then like, just thinking about like, I kept it in my pocket all day and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I want to imbibe it or imbue it with joy and all of these sunshine feelings. And then when I got home, I gave it to my partner. And I was like, I know that you couldn't have been there with me, but you are my rock. And I found this Aww. and I like put all of this energy into it because I love you. And here you go. And like, Little things like that are my magic practice.
0: Yeah, I think giving people rocks are my favorite magical things. Like I always, you know, like when my little daughter goes, like sometimes goes off to like her her grandma's. Like I'll be like, okay, here's a rock, and you know, if you miss me, you can like hold this, or it's a teddy Aww. bear or a rock, and then you know, I will take some magical credit. Though my sister in law has been looking for a house for like three months in this insane housing market. Yeah, like, like a week ago or so, they they're looking in around where I live and flying back and forth from another state to try and oh, find wow. a house. It's very stressful, and so they stopped by to drop off their little baby. And I said, "Okay, wait, hold on." I gave them, you know, a pyrite and an aventurine yes. for like prosperity and good luck. I'm like, "Here you go. Here's some rocks." They found a house that day, and they're moving in. So they got an offer. Accepted. Oh like, yeah. hey, Magic rock for the win. Yes. I love that.
1: I I am very big on like taking crystals with me places. I know like if I have a big call or I'm recording something, like I'll
0: always have crystals around me. Like Do I always have like I, a bra full of rocks? Like <laughs> this is me, like I'll get I'll get undressed in the bathroom, like what just fell? Oh, it's a yeah. rock that was in my bra.
1: Gosh. I mean, not right now, because like I'm living that bralette life. Nice. <laughs> it's a pandemic, but I did it at my wedding um Ashley and I exchanged crystals and she had pockets but I just like tucked it into my bra so yeah it was sweet
0: yeah I always have like rocks in my purse or in my bra or whatever and (laughs) you know and then like why does my back hurt because you've got a purse full of rocks you (laughs) wear this is why no one wants to help me move because it's like it's all rocks and books that's all I've yeah I mean if I ever have to
1: move again that's uh there's gonna be a lot of rocks and books
0: like oh. that's like I have like this piece of Impala that was like used on set. Yeah. And not like the hero one, but it's like one of their stunt ones. But still yeah. it's like it is like that's a talisman. That's got power for me. It's like yeah, there's like vibes in that. So like anything can be magical. Yeah.
1: Um oh. I have so many like weird items on my altar that like aren't necessarily like witchy like i've got enamel pins on my altar Love it. um like this one that's a feelings jar this is also adam jk's work like Dude. he's so good um i've got like oh you you'll appreciate this um my favorite piece of merchandise i ever made when i was at tumblr is this uh squeezable ship that says tumblr hearts dust yay <laughs> love it so it lives on my altar as a reminder of like passion and fun and like not being too serious because it's yeah. at the end of the day a squeezy ship.
0: <laughs> That's one of the things that maybe the internet could learn a little bit more. Like <laughs> sometimes you can have a sense of humor about things. Yeah,
1: it's it's hard, and it's I think, hard. Yeah, mm. it's a it's
0: something that I, I
1: had to learn and. Yeah people get there
0: yeah yeah Yeah. trying to like find like a segue back to Buffy and you know one of the best things about Buffy was its humor and like yeah I love like the magic goes wrong sort of episodes because that was sort of that was like a trope that Buffy sort of perfected like one of my favorite episodes is Triangle where they they accidentally summon Olaf the troll oh yes and um uh just a fun episode and then like the, another great one is to be where ex- Willow accidentally erases everyone's memory because she, she yes. puts too much stuff, but she doesn't, she leaves an open flame, which you're not supposed to do, like, mm-hmm. just as like a general human being with fire safety, like, don't do that. But it also, like, I don't know if you can call yourself a witch if you haven't caught your hair on fire or something oh, yeah. <laughs> on fire, <laughs> or the car- the carpet, or I've got the cat. Caught my thumbnail on fire. <laughs> no, I shouldn't oh. say the cat. Um,
1: Because no animal abuse in this house, but my cat definitely did um, walk by a candle once and he had a little <laughs> singed whisker. And I was like, What did you do? Yeah.
0: Like, yeah. He
1: was safe, though.
0: I have very long hair and I just, I, just, I know what the smell of burnt hair is. Yeah. <laughs> hair burns fast. Just yeah. like for, for you lucky people who have not gotten your hair near your candle, be careful because your hair is like mostly water and it just goes, yeah. <laughs> but, oh. Yeah, so I love Buffy, like for like the humor. One of the things I don't know if this is a good legacy or not, but kind of along with charmed, it kind of contributed to this sort of fictionalized virgin virgin version, <laughs> not just of like witchcraft, but of they use the term Wicca specifically. Mm-hmm. And it was like it was, you know, the Wiccan wave of the 90s. Yeah. And so like but Buffy, I think, is especially like guilty of this. Like they call Willow a Wicca which yeah. makes me cringe every time. And like, we have a Marvel superhero now, like named Wiccan. And it's just, <laughs> like, I think it's cool that we have magic and pop culture in this ways, But there's like this old man yelling at the cloud sort of part of me. Yeah. It's like, would you call like another hu- another superhero, like Jew yeah. or like <laughs> Presbyterian? <laughs> That's like, it's it's sort of a weird way that you treat this religious tradition especially one that's so female dominated and so about female power with a lot less respect than any other religious tradition even though it's like a newer tradition in some ways it's there's not a lot of respect for it
1: no and I I think that's that's also something that gets touched on in Pam Grossman's Waking the Witch book too Mm -hmm. and like there is something about a very female dominated conversation that just like oh well it's new whatever and pop culture in general just has this way of just shrugging it off as something like that's fake or and it's a trend
0: like, yeah uh, it's um, like your yeah. college wicca days or same as your college lesbian days which i think you know they make some equivalencies to that about yeah
1: and it's it's not i i I've been reading like so much lately about power and reclaiming it and like smashing patriarchy (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so much of it is just like, we learn all of these things and are told that this is the way to do them and you don't question them. And then when you do, it just gets shoved to the side. Like, no, that's, that's weird. Like, you know, I, you get that big, um, willow in season six energy yeah. And it's it's just because as a culture, like you're taught not to question.
0: Yeah, this idea you know, that power itself is corrupting, but especially in the hands of a woman yeah. is going to go again. like hysteria is the term derived from like literally yeah. madness from the uterus and like our our poor lady brains just can't handle oh. all that power and all that. You know, we, the, the church or your father or your husband has to come in and mm-hmm. control you. And it's like, no. And like the witch archetype should be about, you know, women who say like, no, fuck that. yeah. But but because pop culture is inherently part of the patriarchy because it's part of a patriarchal culture. Yeah. That's why we get witches as villains or witches as cautionary tales in our yeah. media so often. And it's definitely getting a lot better and willow was sort of a stepping stone on the way like she wasn't a wicked witch she was a complex yeah. character who had like every character on the show had like darkness that they went through and you know she was certainly not the most amoral or immoral yeah. character on the show it's so, like spike killed a lot of people and i'm still fine with that <laughs> yeah i think it's
1: also interesting to look at like what happened with wanda maximoff yeah um especially in the movies like she she's scarlet witch like her her witchiness was it didn't feel inherent until WandaVision WandaVision I think is my favorite thing that happened in the past year (laughs) like it's such a beautiful story of someone realizing their power and I think the way that they told a story about witches was really interesting
0: if you contrast like WandaVision to like Willow in season six they're very similar stories because like both of them have lost the love of their life to like senseless violence and no matter how powerful they are they can't bring that person back and it's about both of those stories are about coping with grief Mm -hmm. and loss and you know and how and I mean it is true that when you are in a place of Anger and grief and loss—you can lash out at people around you. Yeah, like that's one yeah. of the, you know, it has a human, yeah. you know, and you know, it's like the the meme. You know, forgive me for what I said when I was hungry. It's like, <laughs> you know, forgive me for the town, in New Jersey that I overtook when I was, you know, mourning uh, my Android lover. But the, <laughs> there's definitely a lot more like empathy with Wanda and WandaVision than there was. Yeah, because Willow like very much becomes a full-on big bad at the yeah. end of the season and it's like there's the second to last episode i think is called or is it, no the, the not, i think it's called villains one of the episodes mm. um because like two to go and villains and then why do i remember like a episode like, a title i'm from-
1: proud my brain cannot handle episode titles <laughs> oh
0: It's like if you want me to recite like every supernatural episode title, I probably could make it at least till season (laughs) thirteen. Season 14, 15, kind of smushy, but once you get to like past three hundred, it's like oh boy.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. More power to you. Yeah. (laughs) But
0: yeah, but there's so much empathy from Wanda with Vision, and I think there's a lot of empathy for Willow too. And I think that that's like that's one of the things I do love about Buffy is it's an empathetic show that is like these people can screw up massively and mm-hmm. you can still find ways to help them be better and help them and forgive. Like that's yeah. really why I like the Buffy and Spike thing because it is like as much as that series, that there's a lot of us there. <laughs> like really like, okay. We're harping on season six with like everything goes wrong all on the same episode. Yeah. Um, it's season six is a lot. And I, I think, oh,
1: yeah, I, I have a lot of feelings about Bike and uh, Buffy and Spike, but
0: oh, that's a whole other. Yeah,
1: <laughs> they're not as gay. Well, oh, I gay. guess they're as yeah. gay, but it's fine. That's for another day.
0: Because Spike is bi- I think Spike is canonically bisexual. Like, oh yeah, he, he is, and Angel definitely, yeah, banged they definitely at some did point. Like they acknowledge it. that. Um, and Spike is just certainly one of those like so desperate for affection if anyone like smiled at him he'd be like okay (laughs) cool um i was like spiking below it's like a dynamic we didn't get you never really saw that a lot on the show but they were kind of a fun when they got to be in the same scene together oh um so fun such dreams Oh yeah, that's another great will magic goes wrong episode is when um is a something blue in season four where Buffy oh. says like if you like Spike so much you should just marry him. This was like pre Buffy. Yeah. It was like, oh, and then it was just so funny to like see Sarah Michelle Geller and James Marsters like oh, being out yes. smoochy. And so like they're like, Oh, maybe we should do that for like the next the rest of the series is should make that there. <laughs> I loved it like that's such a fun episode and then Giles goes blind
1: oh it is a really good episode because it's it's unexpected and then to tie Hmm. it all together it goes back to archetypes because people like even thinking about Buffy in that episode she falls into like this bridal archetype which is a, a feminine power that
0: culture is okay with like you can be a bride you can be bossy as long as you're bridezilla
1: exactly and yeah it's still like a negative version of power but it's 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 a feminine power that you're allowed so it's just an interesting like connection there between power and buffy
0: yeah she wants wanted to win beneath my wings at the wedding. (laughs) like it's like uh. so now i'm like oh i do really need to watch watch buffy it's there was so yes. many like there was a lot of you know it was imperfect but everything is imperfect but there were some some great and like shows like Supernatural wouldn't mm-hmm. exist without Buffy a oh, lot of, of the way we we think about magical things and genre in general wouldn't exist without the way Buffy kind of redefined it like Buffy and the X-Files yeah. are both so important for that in different ways like X-Files was kind of got there first but serialized storytelling and the genre as like examination of the human condition like that's mm-hmm. that is really Buffy. in part that's... thanks to these shows And yeah but Buffy also like in the queer aspect of it like built on like Xena
1: yeah that's and...
0: true <sighs> these kids today have forgotten like, the crumbs we had to live with in terms of queer representation <laughs> like yeah we all knew Xena and Gabrielle were girlfriends but like they couldn't show it mm-hmm. but like They were like, they literally, they're canonical soulmates and they get married when they're in heterosexual bodies. But are they gay? Who could say? (laughs) They were just friends. (laughs) Harold, they're lesbians. (laughs) But like, I think that that's some of the context of like Willow and Tara in season four is like, they were still trying to like see the line that they could push with the networks and censorship because like, they were taking a risk there. yeah. And, you know, whether they or not they would be allowed to, they're like, well, maybe if we'd like hint at things. Mm-hmm. That's the sort of like the same thing with Xena and so much of like the shows that now would get accused of queer baiting. Yeah. like, no, it's like, that was the most you could do. Like they literally yeah. couldn't film a Willow and Tara kiss. Like the network wouldn't allow them. So they had to film them the scene in the episode where Oz comes back where it's basically like a sex scene where they're like swirling the magic around them and oh yeah so good though and like that's and it's probably sexier than what an actual sex scene would have been like oh yeah your imagination does better than being shown things sometimes
1: yeah and like what's better than doing magic with your gal pal just, (laughs) just two gals doing doing some spells together yeah it's it's so funny thinking about like how important that context is and how like I I can't imagine what it's like to be a queer teenager now and like grow up seeing yourself in all of these things and having having all of this representation and granted like we're not a hundred percent like yeah we're not but it's miles ahead of where we were when I was you know
0: yeah 15. Like you know like there's this discourse right now for pride month like like, oh (laughs) corporate pride like they're you know appropriating pride like do you know how much it means to me like when I was in college it was you know there were being ballot measures passed everywhere that banned gay marriage and now to see like my bank app has a rainbow flag on it like that means something to say like how much the world has changed that Mm -hmm. like you know throwing rainbows on something is even an option right now like that's the, the amount and how fast this societal attitudes have changed is huge and like and shows like Buffy and characters like Willow made a difference in that because like to have yeah. a character come out and explore her sexuality on this beloved show like that was really big yeah like we can't like undersell how big that was when uh, all these other shows like looking at this history of lesbian kisses like party of five or whatever like okay we had like one character maybe think she was gay for like half an episode it's like no they committed to willow yeah and they stuck with it and, like they definitely stumbled some places but she was one of our first like really major queer characters in our, and our like she is one of the only like if you look at it there aren't actually a lot of queer witchy characters mm-hmm. like that's something that's kind of disappointing to me Is like a gay witch like there aren't a lot of yeah, other like gay witchy characters because so often like w- witches are defined as like oh they're sexy and they use their w- their witchy ways to
1: yeah. either have
0: sex with the devil or with <laughs> men <laughs> yeah oh sabrina <laughs> oh sabrina and you know we had some queer characters on sabrina yeah that, and like pansexual characters there um i'm like trying like i'm trying to think like what other gay witch icons <laughs> have we got i mean like you know Alpha and glinda like people ship them but she's also got, it's like, not canon it's not canon <laughs> yeah i don't know i
1: there's not there's not one that comes to mind right away um
0: heather green our guest a few weeks ago talked about how um bell book and candle was actually very much like subtextually about the queer scene in mm. new york in the 50s but that was a, once again they had to make a movie about witches because they couldn't make a movie about gay people yeah but yeah there's <sighs> not like we need more we need more lesbian witches come on I'm yeah. gonna have to write now a lesbian witch tv show Please. or books like I would love that for you <laughs> yeah I'll put it, I'll put it on, on the I'll very long list, of, list. Of, of, of books that are need to get written but yeah because so much like of you know the f- pop culture version of witchcraft is still so much tied into like women's sexuality and thus yeah. heterosexuality and that's still sort of unfortunate yeah we're not allowed to kind of be it though oh the new craft had like some queer characters as well Had a beautiful
1: yeah,
0: yeah. I mean but well, they weren't really I have a lot of opinions about that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. we did a whole episode like, that that movie oh, wow. was trying a lot of things and succeeded yeah. at some of them <laughs> yeah but again like yeah. I give I give them points for effort because I'd rather have people try than not try at all exactly and like that's you know the thing with Buffy is like it was never perfect but yeah boy did they try they tried and, and, and it's the the ripples and repercussions and good and bad but you like you wouldn't be where we are today with most of my favorite shows wouldn't exist if Buffy hadn't existed
1: exactly it was it was a huge change in culture and just a step towards something like it it's so hard to think about like what things were like at that time as well knowing Mm -hmm. like i'm i'm so embedded in what is happening now that i can't imagine a world without it but like we wouldn't be here without buffy at all
0: yeah like it was buffy was my first like uh television fandom like before buffy like my big fandom for like broadway musicals Mm -hmm. (laughs) and sort of like in some anime and like but both Buffy and like Sailor Moon, which, you know, I was super cool and Sailor Moon in high school, but like I was so attracted to both of them because they had queer characters and yeah. there these characters like that were sort of their queerness was still kind of like ambiguous and outside of the norm. And I didn't even understand at that point why I was so interested in like Vampire Willow or yeah. Willow as a character. It's like, oh, oh, maybe there's something here. I mean i do want to do practice witchcraft and i, I do have red hair but am i gay. <laughs> I think i might be a little bit gay yeah and like you know that's sometimes what it takes to like see yourself as like oh i see myself in this aspect of this character mm-hmm. oh oh maybe there's something else here <laughs> yeah then you can dig in yeah forget yeah, it was like willow and Zena, are one of the things that like helped me realize like how gay i was in am yeah. sailor moon Oh, so. But again, like everything got confused with Spike. and like, but he's also so hot.
1: Yeah. Feelings.
0: <laughs> feelings. Once more with feelings. Oh. Ah, tied it all in. So I think we're probably got to wrap up. But like, so for people looking for you on the internet, you're, you they can still go back on Tumblr and look at fandometrics and look at all your beautiful yeah. data sets. It,
1: it's still running. I've got, I left an amazing team uh, who still do it. And that's at fandom.tumblr.com. My personal work is all over the internet as I am at continuance, which is a fancy word for vowels.
0: Now I know what you're telling <laughs> me. I, never, I was too embarrassed to ask.
1: It, it's okay. It's, I thought I was going to be a linguist. And I was like, LOL, why don't I make a funny linguist joke? And then I broke my leg in half. But that's uh, another
0: podcast. Yes. <laughs> uh, but we all thought we were going to do something and broke something in half. Yeah. You know, the usual. Uh, Was that during Mercury
1: retrograde? You should go back. I should. Oh, okay. Now I have homework for tonight.
0: Thank you. That's my favorite (laughs) thing is like retroactive astrology is like never, you know, helps you at the time. But like, if you go back and like, like your Saturn return, like I I found out about that, like after the fact, then I look back like, oh, oh, that's why I completely changed careers and had a whole (laughs) Whole thing going on there that's that my exact those dates sign up exactly so oh that's look wild up, young people young young you youngins look up your Saturn return and just like strap in yes <laughs> or if you haven't had that happen in your chart yet oh my but, yeah. gosh well thank you for this well, homework thank, thank you for having me thank you for coming on and we'll have to have you back some time and so lovely to talk with you and yeah this is yeah, great new, bringing back all sorts of fond tumblr memories same. Um, I should go check if my blog is still there. I don't think I've deleted it yet. It's still there. Don't do it. Let it live forever.
1: (laughs) Be a memory. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you. Thank you.
0: And there we go. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Real Magic. As always, if you like the show, please subscribe. Give us a rating and especially leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps people find the show and tell your friends about it. And if you do leave a review, I promise I will read it on the podcast. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at RealMagicPod and you can follow me on Twitter at FangirlingJess. If you want to do more than that, you can please look into supporting us on Patreon, which we just got started very recently. Uh, you can go to Patreon.com/slash RealMagic with two E's, R-E-E-L. We'll be getting our first bonus episode up soon, it's gonna be really fun, and we'll have all sorts of fun stuff going on, the Discord with movie nights and other Patreon exclusives. So go ahead and join that for optimal fun. And finally, we will be back, as always, in two weeks. And I can actually announce the topic of our next episode because it's going to be Loki and also Loki and Thor. We're going to be talking about Norse myths and he's the trickery and all that great stuff and the way that Thor and Loki and the Norse gods have been portrayed in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is, of course, tying into the Loki show that's now airing on Disney+. And it's really a great show and I'm really enjoying it. So I can't wait for that discussion and for you guys to... Join us for that, and until then, happy summer solstice. Stay safe out there, and remember, very bad, tree pretty. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Goodbye, cruel cool world. Goodbye, cruel cool world. Goodbye to life. Goodbye, life. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, bye-bye. Goodbye to all that. All <laughs> that.